welcome to another episode of Home in the Know. Hi. I'm on the road. I'm not here right now. Actually, I am here. Ha ha. Psych. Psych. Um, <laughs> but you guess who isn't there? That's right. It's Clover. <gasps> can we have like the saddest song on the smallest violin play? Oh yeah. We can definitely make that a reality. Let me just say I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. Yes, so Clover's not there, but I am, and I'm on the road. Guess what? I'm in New York doing my thing, continuing some interviews. I'm in and um, I miss Clover desperately, but we somehow managed to travel through time I'm and space. Visit me and <laughs> old tarnation. I've been dragged to hell. <laughs> <laughs> kicking and screaming by Clover for this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm kicking and screaming Clover. I'm still being dragged along. Still being dragged (laughs) into kicking and screaming, (laughs) Selena. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Ho in the Know, a podcast about sex work by sex workers for for sex sex workers. workers. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing that we do. (laughs) Mia Khalifa. Every episode, we begin with a segment we call Historical Hoes. This time, this week, this week, it is Mia Khalifa. (laughs) (laughs) A controversial take, a controversial historical hoe. Let's go in. So, Mia Khalifa, she's an Aquarius, born February 10th, 1993 in Birthday is coming up. Lebanon. Yeah. She moved to Montgomery County, Maryland in 2001 in the wake of the South Lebanon conflict which I did vague research on, but not enough to give you a full Yeah, rundown. I mean, Lebanon has had many conflicts lately, so. Yeah, well, the one that happened in 2001. So she was raised Catholic and in a super conservative household, but is wow, no longer wild. practicing. Oh my God, that's like, right? okay. Can we just have a statistic on ex-Catholic sex workers? <laughs> <laughs> I need a fact sheet for this. How many of you are ex-Catholic? Please raise one hand. We should run a poll. Now you can put it down. <laughs> At school in the U.S., she was bullied for being the darkest and weirdest girl there, quote. Aww. And additionally was a target of, an- of Islamophobic harassment. What year was this again? 2001. Oh, damn. So that's 9-11. Yeah. yeah. Hot. So um, after s- school, school, she went to Massanutten. Massanutten. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> is it a place or a school? <laughs> it's a military academy. Oh. Massanutten. Massanutten. <laughs> 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 when the slave master comes by to ask what you're doing, oh, mass and nothing. That's what I was thinking when I was like, I can't make that joke. That's like in bad taste. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck it. Whatever. We came from slaves, okay? That's true. It's our joke. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. the, then she went to the University of Texas at El Paso, where she graduated with a BA in history. With a badass in history. She got a badass in history. <laughs> I can't read BA without thinking badass. <laughs> like, there's only BFA, MFA, and Bad badass. Fucking ass. <laughs> Bad fucking ass. <laughs> My fucking ass. Motherfucking ass. <laughs> oh, great. In college, she worked as a bartender and a model. Also, she was a briefcase girl on a local Spanish language TV game show, which is like the people who open briefcases or touch letters or spin wheels. But in this case, I think it's literal because um, the show is said to be similar to Deal or No Deal, but Mm. it is not said what show it was. Wish I could know. Interesting. So after she graduated, she moved to Miami and started nude modeling. Miami. Miami. The porn capital. Wait, really? Yeah, I think it's because uh, the laws around like condom usage are different. Like they're a little bit looser out in Florida. Wait, there are laws around condom? Con- con- yeah, so like in a lot of states, like 
I think in California especially is where it hit the hardest is like they to make porn you have to like be wearing condoms and proper burial barriers and stuff like that um burials (laughs) 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 to wear proper burials (laughs) um yeah so so that's why like a lot of the industry kind of moved out to Florida where it's like still um you're able to like have more freedoms and stuff like that. They just started like heavily regulating porn out in California. It used to be like the porn capital was the San Fernando Valley. Um, and then it moved to elsewhere. So yeah, go on. All right. Well, that's really uh, interesting news because I wouldn't have expected porn to be um, Miami. I think of Florida as not that. So gators and <laughs> jail time. And <laughs> MAGA. <laughs> MAGA. <laughs> and Florida man. <laughs> and Florida man. Also beaches, spring break, and <laughs> Corona for some reason. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then she <laughs> entered porn in October 2014. Hey. Because someone approached her and asked if she'd ever considered doing porn. And Wikipedia is so vague about that. Like, did it inspire her to do it? Or was was it like a random person? Or was it someone in the industry? I hope it was. Mm-hmm. So then she got a lot of attention from um, a Bang Bros scene she did. She wore hijab during a threesome. Which is kind of wild because she's not even Muslim. No, she's not. She it was, was incredibly controversial. The scene producers, quote, we weren't trying to exploit Khalifa's ethnicity. Oh, we wanted to embrace it. Unquote. I mean, it's like, okay, this was a very controversial moment in porn. Yeah. Like I remember it quite vividly whenever Mia Khalifa hit the scene in hijab and everybody's like, Oh my God, that's haram.com. Yeah. Like you can't be doing that. But I'm also kind of like, well, you know, everybody's got their kinky fetish shit. But it was also like a security thing for her too. It was like she's doing this hella haram shit, like, and I feel like she, I think she got death threats and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, it was. So the negative attention was still attention, and she was super censored, and so she was super searched for. And in December of that year, twenty fourteen, she was ranked number one on Pornhub. She received death threats and was in Lebanese newspapers. And there was that song, Mia Khalifa, that went like, hit or miss. I guess they never miss, huh? Do you have a boyfriend? I bet he doesn't kiss ya. And um, some people came to her defense, but largely she was just super hated or um, super jerked off to. <laughs> largely she was like super hated or like super jerked off to. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, Yeah. So still in January 2015, Khalifa signed a long-term contract with Bang Bros parent company, which required her to perform in multiple films each month. However, after signing within like a few weeks, like two, due to all of the harassment and probably trauma, I guess she changed her mind and felt it was for the best that she leave the industry. Mm. Um, she disowns that part of her life as, quote, it was my rebellious phase, but um, kept camming for like a few months. Mm. In January 2017, um, I'll just directly quote Wikipedia. Ex-Hamster reported that Khalifa <laughs> was the most searched for adult actress of 2016. In 2018, three years after leaving the industry, she was still the second highest ranked person um, on Pornhub. In August 2019, she revealed that she only made 12000 working in porn. Which is wild. And oh my had God. never received residuals from Pornhub or any other sites. What the fuck? After leaving. That would totally like sour my I experience know. if yeah. I was like making like no money and getting all of that. Backlash. Additionally, she wasn't the director of this fucking vid. That's kind of my opinion on it is like Mia Khalifa was an actress she was just like making money like trying porn she was new Mm -hmm. to it basically and then just like that was like one of her was it not like one of her first vids or something Mm -hmm. and then it just blew up in her face and she got like threats like across across the globe yeah it's like it's super weird because like 
she's really loved and also like just so controversial. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot. And she was also like young, like handling yeah. all of that stuff. I mean, it, didn't she start when she was like 19 or something? It's like she was pretty. It was 2014. You were born in 92. She was born in 93. Oh, okay. So mass. <laughs> <laughs> a year younger than you. In yeah. 2014, I started college. So you were a junior. Oh, so I was like 22 or 21 or something. 21. So 20. she was like 20. 21. So she was 20. 21, 20, something like that. Yes, 20 or 19. Young. So she was still, I mean, it's still like pretty young. Yeah, to get international hate. Yeah, to get hate like that. And, and also, also like from your own country. Additionally, And also to just like get roped into like a contract. Her. Oh, really? Yeah, they stopped talking to her. Entirely? Does Do they talk again now that she's... No, um, and her um, husband divorced her. Oh, wow. Or, well, I It just, like, makes me happened. so yeah. sad, like, the, the amount of, like, just shit that she went through, like, that just sa- soured her experience about being in porn and everything. It's, yeah. It's I like, mean, like, I can't... I wouldn't blame her for... No, I mean, I wouldn't blame her for, like, leaving either. I mean... For leaving and also just being like, this was bad. Because, I mean, it yeah. was like, none, none of, I think one of Nothing her big... Nothing went right for her. It was that, and it was also that, like... um Like, the company that she was working for did nothing to, like, help her through that. Or, like, back her. Like, her specific issues were just with how the industry um, didn't support her or anything. Yeah, and uh, and also like the fact that she wasn't able to like take down any of her content afterwards. Yeah. It's just like it's up forever. And I mean, I can understand because a lot of that stuff is just like, you know, um duplicated and all of that by bots and shit and just like endlessly distributed because that's how porn lives on, but it's still like Well, couldn't sh- they make like an algorithm that specifically detects those videos? I mean, I I feel like them? they should be able to. Like, I mean, anything is possible and I and I feel yeah. like they're just not trying hard enough about it cuz like people don't care enough about like how porn affects people, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I love porn and I love the porn industry and I'm like such a fan of porn stars, but I think like loving them and loving that is like part of it is also wanting them to have like as much authority over what they've made and their content distribution and all of that as they want and continuing to get residuals and getting like proper payment for everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like incredible. Like she obviously, she clearly made like millions of dollars, if oh, not yeah. more. I mean, for she was the, the industry. number one searched person for like three, three years. years. Yeah, exactly. It's like people are making, like they're profiting off of that. And she's like, for her to not get Actually, any of that. Actually, it was like, just like five years and she was number two, like, I think, yeah, after that. So she was just like. She's, yeah. I mean, so she's just been like making so much money for people and like not seeing any of it like I feel really bad for her I mean yeah. I'm definitely I'm like not happy with the way that she Goes, um, talks about talks about it exactly yeah. as like just this like one-sided like oh it's ex- like only exploitive and stuff and mm-hmm. only a bad thing it's like yeah it was exploitive and and but it doesn't have to always be that way it's not intrinsically that way it's because the system is built in a fucked up way yeah yeah yeah, really sucks though. I have a lot of um, sympathy for yeah. Khalifa. Yeah, I do too. I mean, we all make all kinds of wild decisions in that time period, like early 20s and stuff like that. And like um, for that to kind of live on with her and for her to have to continue like defending herself or not defending herself, but like distancing herself as like a coping, it's like survival tool is just like, it's pretty tragic. Yeah. Oh, did I finish by saying that after leaving porn, she worked she worked as a paralegal and a bookkeeper? No, you didn't. And then um, she, it was unclear of if she's still doing that or if she is only now um, a social media personality, webcam model, and sports commentator. Also, I don't know if she's still a webcam model. It's kind of wild. Well, it's like <laughs> she got all of these things because she did porn. Yeah. Like she has like an agent and she has like she's a personality. And so she blank now profits off of like her image and off of like just the stuff that she does. Mm-hmm. 
and it all came from porn in the end but it's still just like like the porn industry severely fucked her over yeah but it's just like you know it's not all bad and i wish that she would kind of be a little bit more pragmatic about everything yeah like she has like such a big voice she's pretty outspoken i think she she recently did like this big like bbc interview or um Mm. and she was just like um it was terrible they just took advantage of me it's a bad industry Mm. and that's all that it does is take advantage of women just kind of like using all of like the swerf words and stuff well that's really interesting because whenever i read like perspectives of other porn stars it's not like that Mm -hmm. and like like especially kind of i feel like abella was like a opposite of that in a lot of ways she was like it's great because I have so much autonomy and like I'm having sex with this person, but there's so many people in the room who, if I say cut, like the scene stops or I can turn down jobs. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think also like Mia, she like stopped her contract so early on that she didn't really get to explore like all of the possibilities that she had and like moderating like what she was doing and what kinds of scenes she wanted to do and who she wanted to work with. And I think she also probably like wasn't empowered enough to realize that she had the ability to have that big voice, you know, like that she was Mia Khalifa. She's like fucking Mia Khalifa. Like Mm -hmm. she could say like cut at any point and pick anybody and like, you know, like she had that power. But I think it's like you're in an industry where it will sometimes teach you like that you don't have that power. Mm-hmm. that like you're disposable and like there's a million and one new girls trying to come up and blah, 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 blah. But like truly like if, if she wanted anything, like, you know, she had that power with her name, with her name and her image. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial take. Yeah. Interesting historical hoe. But I hope that shed some light or something. Comment, subscribe, like, share. Okay. Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Home in the Know, a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers. I am silly old Selena. (laughs) Today, uh, my co-host is none other than my very dear friend, Nikki. Hey. Hi. This is Nikki. (laughs) And our guest is the... Absolutely gorgeous, super cute, um, Jade slash Lois. Hi, everybody. So glad to be here. Hey. How's your day been so far? Um, It's been really good. Um, I just woke up and I came here. <laughs> and we couldn't be more thrilled. We are um, on the road currently. Well, we as in me. I'm on the road <laughs> visiting New York to catch up with friends and also because i um, there's so many really dope sex workers out here and all over um, the U.S. and in other places that I would love to interview. And this is like my opportunity to kind of get out and bring the interviews to people who maybe couldn't come out to L.A. for it. So it's an awesome opportunity and I'm already meeting so many really cool people. And um, so, yeah. So today our episode is about escorting. And um, this is so... Um, which would you prefer me to call you? Jade is fine. Okay. Jade is good. All right. So Jade is our first, like, primarily, um, like, escort-based sex worker because we've had people who do escorting on the side. I do some escorting on the side. And I think, like, most of our strippers uh, have as well. Um, But it's so cool to have somebody who is, like, primarily focused on this and so thrilled. Thank you for having me. Um, So, Jade, is Jade your legal name or is it the name that you go by for work? It's actually part of my middle name. Oh, okay, nice. Mm. And so you chose it as like, did you start off going by Jade outside in like your vanilla world, like civilian world? Or was it something that you chose whenever you made your foray into sex work? It was something I chose when I made my my entrance into sex work. Okay, cool. Um, was it just kind of like, I already like this name and I'd like to go by it? Exactly. Exactly. Nice. I think whenever I was a kid, I always really loved the name Jade. And I think (laughs) it 
might have been because I used to watch. Okay, so there was like this uh, cartoon way back called Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh yes, <laughs> I love that show. And I used to watch it like every Saturday morning, and um, I just really liked the name Jade because it was kind of like it was like a little like neutral and like mm-hmm. like exactly. just kind of like a fierce name, like uh, Jade Kick Butt. You know, <laughs> like Jade was like not a girl who would take shit. She was like kind of like. Not, I hate the word tomboy, but like, <laughs> kind of like that. She was like no frills, like, and wouldn't take shit and just had a great, like, snarky attitude. And I was like, I like this name. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you are an escort. And I'm, and now you're, so we're interviewing in New York right now. We're currently in BK, Brooklyn. <laughs> um, and so um, did you start here or did you start um, out? In a previous place? I actually started in Baltimore, where I'm from. Oh, started cool. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been practicing? Oh, geez. Maybe four or five years now. Oh, wow. That's such a long time. Long, long time. And when did you move out to New York? Maybe two months ago. Two, two oh, months cool. Ago. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you kind of decide to get into the occupation? It's funny. It's funny. I saw... This I was introduced to this um, after reading an article when I was in college about a certain website. Mm-hmm. Which um, website? It was Seeking Arrangements. Oh, yeah. Seeking. Yeah. And it was the article where the sugar baby killed her sugar daddy. Oh, my God. She like, overdosed him <laughs> <laughs> on his yacht. So I was like, hmm, interesting. That's, that is like, so normally I'm more accustomed to hearing about like articles about from Seeking Arrangements about like, this is about mutually beneficial relationships. We are mm-hmm. not an escort company. Mm-hmm. Or like, look at how this sugar baby made, you know, $100,000 in one year. Blah, right. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard one about a sugar baby killing a sugar daddy. And I feel like that's so much more interesting. So it's, It was very— This was in 2014, though. Oh, yeah. That's like pretty— I mean— That's what I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. I think we were looking in it at the same time. We were. And like, I just wasn't expecting guys to have yachts on that site. They were not at the pay grade. Yeah. So what did you find on Seeking Arrangements? Um, I found a mix of really cool people. You know, there is some bullshit in there, but... It's fine. You're allowed to. You are totally allowed <laughs> okay. to curse. Whoops. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about sex work. We can use all of the words, and there's Perfect. nobody moderating us. <laughs> Perfect. You have to wade through the bullshit, but I met some really cool people on there. Um, I found people who lead, lead like interesting lifestyles. You know, there might be like a CEO who's just like super kinky. People are just looking for an out, just like any dating. Um, website or platform. Did you feel like you had to kind of like sort through extra with seeking arrangements? Mm, There's definitely a filter that you need to use for yourself. But in terms of extra, um, not anything extra um, beyond any other dating uh, platform. It's really interesting because um, like in my past experience with seeking arrangements, I met up with like a handful of people and it was just like, I think also I was like such a like naive, like baby sex worker. Right. So I didn't know how to filter for people. And I was like, I also had kind of like hesitation around people if they were like especially ugly or especially (laughs) old and stuff like that. Right. And I didn't really know what, like, the warning signs were. So I, uh, I made a lot of mistakes. And I, so my real thing was, so I was out in New York and uh, I was doing this internship. Or I guess it was like I was kind of apprenticing under this artist that I thought that I liked. And then, um, full disclosure, we had a major falling out and it was really shitty and a terrible time. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I was trying to find a sugar daddy while I was like doing this um, internship thing in um, Brooklyn. And I was like meeting people, um, going on these dates and nobody seemed to have money. Nobody paid me for the initial meetup or anything. Um, And it just like, it ended up like very sketchy at different points. Mm. But, and then I eventually quit because I just got burned out. But I Mm -hmm. think, I think maybe like now, since I'm pretty good at like sussing out like men and their Mm -hmm. intentions and understanding, like, who actually has money, I think I might 
maybe it wouldn't be bad to try it again, like mm-hmm. just to revisit it. Well, I have a question about that because I remember when you were doing yeah. <laughs> um, and taking the bus up and yeah, looking for oh a place God. I had night. I was so homeless too because mm-hmm. I. I was, I mean, I had my apartment in Baltimore, but I was homeless in New York. And working in New York. And working in New York. That was my experience, too. Same exact experience. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? How did it go for you? Um, I was, I was the same thing, like taking the bus up and, you know, just trying to get my hands on all the money that's here. And eventually a friend of mine was like, rented me a room. But until oh, that's then, so I was nice. super homeless right. here. So to go back to, like, uh-huh. if you're not feeling the guy. Because that yeah. was my question. Like, how do you establish what you know you're going to get out of the guy besides meeting him in a park? Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be straightforward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, I mean, you need to be very explicit about what your expectations are whenever you meet in person. Um, and I think it's also good to, like, kind of set up the inner count- encounter with, like, a gift in mind and stuff like that. Um, and taking it, like making sure that he takes you somewhere like especially fancy, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think a lot of times like people just think that an expensive dinner is enough. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be like, oh, we're, I'm taking you to a five-star restaurant. I don't need to like also compensate you for your time. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of explicit negotiation is, right. is so important. Right. And going back to your first question or your previous question, you asked me, like, what did you get out of that site? Um, Something that you said kind of like triggered an answer. Um, That site and dealing with that site and all the people on it really taught me how to look at someone and kind of, you know, look at the eyes and kind of like just be able to filter off bat, like if I'm going to be able to deal with this person or not. So Mm -hmm. that person, I mean, excuse me, the site really taught me how to read people, basically. And that's so much harder digitally because, Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you do like video call or you actually meet in person, it's like you don't get to have those kinds of nonverbal signals. Right. So it is really interesting. So you you said you were kind of like commuting to see about the money up in here, like up in New York. Right, right. Um, When I was living in Baltimore, me and my best friend, we would come up and party. And then, you know, that's when I saw like, wait a minute, like there's so much money up here. Maybe this is where I need to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that's like, that was a big draw for me too. I was like, oh, like you have like a massive financial district here Mm -hmm. and it's just like an international place and, you know, business people are coming and going. It seems like a real uh, haven for people who have money, you know? Right, exactly. And I, you were so busy, too. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's the best. And also, like, so I also had a friend, and um, she was out here, and she was in a serious relationship with her sugar daddy. Um, they had, like, moved in together. They had an apartment, and he was, like, thoroughly spoiling her. And I just, like, remember visiting their kind of, like, dream-like beautiful apartment. Like, a whole—they were, like, up— on like the 20 something floor and had like a whole um like their all of their walls were like windows looking out to the city and it was like oh my god it was just like a gorgeous I think it was like also in the financial district or something so it was like interesting area wise but um and they lived together yeah they lived together they lived together yeah and so it was like it was definitely like a full relationship too yeah it's sweet. sweet Yeah, I mean, they lasted for, like, quite a while. They were together for years. I mean, it was, like, very much an official relationship. They went everywhere together. Um, so it was it was really, like, an inspiring thing to see. And I was like, I could do that, and I really want that. <laughs> so that was kind of how what, what, like, led me to try it. So you came up. You um, were lucky enough, and you had an, a friend kind of rent the apartment. Is that kind of how you ended up here? Exactly. Just by happen chance. Cool. So you and and it was like through that article in Seeking Arrangements that you got interested in sex work? Exactly. Um I read that article and I was I, I tried it because at the time I needed to make a lot of money. At the time I was in college. I needed to make a lot of money and I hadn't li- very little time. What were you studying? A marketing. Oh cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's like hand in glove. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and at the time and still now, I have kind of like extra financial responsibility. I support myself and my family. Oh, wow. That's so sweet. Thank you. Specifically, my younger brother, he's his first year in college. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're a fucking angel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, so you were supporting them and, and now you're kind of, and you're using that money to support your family. Um, did you have any other sex workers in your life that you'd met prior? Prior to that experience? I did not. I had no idea what it was about. Uh, not even like, not even like kind of the more vis- visible professions like strippers or, or things like that? I did have, um, you know, the strippers and dancers in my life, mm-hmm. but nothing past that. How did you think about yourself like going into it? Like you were in college and you were like, I need a lot of money. Did you have like, what were your, what was your thought process? Or was it just like, I need money? <laughs> exactly. My mind was primarily focused on the end goal, really. Mm-hmm. Did you end up finishing school? I did. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Please. That's so cool. Thank you. Uh, countless, literally blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's incredible. I mean, it's like amazing what sex workers do on top of being sex workers. Thank you. (laughs) Not just me. I mean, I've seen, you know, countless others do it and do it flawlessly. Yeah. So did you, so using seeking arrangements, did it immediately kind of fall into escorting or was it like, do you consider it to kind of fall, like toe the line between escorting and sugaring? And is there much of a line? There is a very, very thin line. There's not there's not much of a line. You know, on the website it says no escorting, but that's, of course, to protect themselves. Yeah. Um, I did start with that and fall into it. Um, it, it it's, I, I, I really think that the line between the two is just a few small, minor technicalities, basically. I, I cannot agree more. I think that it is like, well, one, what people think of as escorting or full service is like much more complicated than people kind of give it credit for because like there's a lot of variations to what customers want or what they're coming for. Mm, Exactly. And then also with sugaring, I mean, there's like the whole like, oh, I'm just like looking for a platonic sugar daddy um, kind of myth. I mean, it's not entirely a myth. It's totally possible Mm -hmm. and it happens to people, but it's not, it's super uncommon compared to people who are in, like, kind of long-term sugaring relationships. Exactly. So how did you kind of, um, so what was your first encounter like? Oh, oh my gosh. I I always try <laughs> to remember my first encounter. I wish I could. Unfortunately, I can't. But I, re- I do remember my early ones. Okay, that's, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, um... I remember my early ones, and one of my earliest ones actually did turn into a relationship. Oh my gosh! So wait, um, how long did it last? Maybe two years. Oh my god, that's like such a that's a long relationship. Yeah. When did that start? When did it start? Mm-hmm. Like what, what year of college were you in? How Perhaps long were you into my like second year of college? Um, yeah, and it lasted two years. So what's the person? What was the person like? Oh my gosh, he was amazing. Like very sweet, very cool, very down to earth. What we did he look like? Great. Um, he was kind of short, Italian guy. Uh-huh. Um, he was cute and we just got along great. How old was he? Was he in his late forties? Okay. And naturally, I, I naturally like older men, even before I started sugaring, escorting, anything like that. Just, I've always liked older men. Yeah, I I kind of feel that way. I I have like a similar preference. So you kind of started, like, seeing him, and was he, like, paying you fairly compared to how you get paid now? He's paying me a lot of money. So I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so cool. So did you—so you kind of, like, immediately—did you immediately go in with, like, full service, or did you kind of, like, take time to, like, date a little bit? Took the time to date a little bit, um, but I was attracted to him, so I was like, whoa, whatever goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was nice. But then he got like really jealous and unfortunately it ended, but not on bad terms. Well, that's good. I mean, it's always like, for me, I'm such an emotional person that I hate to have like <sighs> firm breaks with people that I've ever cared about or loved or had any feelings for. So it's like, I like to have at least like, you know, an amicable separation. <laughs> that's always good because you never know how life is going to turn out. You never know if you'll see him again or anything like that. Yeah, and I think also you never know, like, if, you know, maybe you'll need that person one day or maybe they'll need you one day. Exactly. I think it's good to leave the door open. Exactly. What about some other earlier clients? Hmm, other earlier clients. Um, 
over if if I could generally state overall a good memory, but oh my gosh, I cannot even remember. <laughs> no, I totally get it because I think so. I'm like trying to think back to like the very first lap dance I did, and I could not remember, but I wrote it down. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I take, I whenever I first started, I took like very diligent notes of every um, customer mm. that I came in contact with, every conversation I had. And it was very different than the stories that I now currently publish. Um, now they're longer and more detail-oriented. But before mm. it was just like kind of jotting down notes. Like they looked like this. We danced for this amount of songs. They said this to me. Mm. and And it was just like very kind of like visceral like moment by moment Mm. was that like a diary or do you think it was also to help you understand clientele and the scene and what you were doing it was definitely more of a diary it was like I just wanted to remember the experience I thought it was going to be like great material for writing eventually um and I hope to like kind of publish them um and now I'm like going to use them toward like building my book and all of that. Um, and so I'm going to send it to my editing person. So it's interesting. Um, like I have to go back to them and I, and they make me cringe now because <laughs> I was using a lot of the language that I'd kind of like read online for how strippers talk about clients, um, like calling them custies or crusties. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I know. And and now I wouldn't call anybody that because my views are different. And and I just, um, my language has changed around it. So it's just like those things make me cringe. But I have to go back now and look at it. (laughs) So what do you bring whenever you're at the office? Not much. Um, Cell phone, keys, um, maybe lipstick, and that's about it. Do uh, Do you work with makeup on? It depends on if I'm late or not. <laughs> if I'm late and rushing. Right <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Because it's, to me, it's, and to me and to, to the client, it's more important to be on time. And Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, if they see me without makeup, then they can base their decision off of that. Mm. So you never make That's really wait. smart. That- I try not to. I try not to. I mean, it's so important. And I think also in this industry, like, our clients, especially like these middle-aged men are super impatient. They're like kind of volatile. Like they will freak out on you if you're like a little bit late or if they feel like they're being stood up or if they feel like they are being insulted in my experience. So it's good to kind of tread on the side of being cautious and very Mm. punctual. It's like a boss. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it is. And it is like your office and this is like your boss. This is the person that's, you know, managing your money. Right. Even if there is kind of like some equality in the exchange, you know, and just out of respect, you know, initially, because um, I, I don't, I don't like when they're late. I yeah. get the same way. I'm like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. I think it's um, it's just like a sign of respect. I don't like waiting. My time is valuable, right? And also, like when you're in in an industry where you make so much money, it's like you're you start pricing your time in a much more like diligent way you're like this minute could be this much money (laughs) (laughs) it's like what are you doing to me um so are you now primarily still on seeking arrangements primarily yes and um sometimes I'll use other dating apps but primarily yeah like what other dating apps Um, I used to use tinder but how was tinder for you that was interesting for sure Interesting for sure. Um, You've got men who are straight out looking for like, hey, I'm busy. I'm willing to give you this, you know, just straight up, you know, not beating around the bush. Then you have men who are like, oh, I don't want to pay for it. I don't have to pay for it. But I'm a little bit curious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's like the hard thing is like whenever they try and fight you for the payment. um, I hate to be haggled. It just, it's, and also, I guess with Tinder, like you expect that it's like a free platform. But then again, these guys are like, you know, 60, 70, 80, like searching for like 20 year olds and shit. So it's just like, you got to expect right. that there's going to be some financial component. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so you're currently like on Seeking Arrangements and Tinder. Do you have your um, profile up anywhere else? 
I don't. I don't. I was actually thinking of where I could put it that would be safe to leave it, but not at the moment. I think it's hard to like figure out the right place. Like if you're kind of like looking for sugaring versus, or like kind of, so I, maybe the line with escorting and sugaring is just that uh, sugaring is kind of intended to be more long-term. Right. Like it's not just like a single hookup Mm -hmm. and it's more like we have a relationship and also you pay me for that relationship. Exactly. Exactly. What are your clients like? Oh, geez. <laughs> I have my clients hmm, on a spectrum, you know, some really wild, like leading some crazy lifestyles. Like, give me an example of a crazy, crazy lifestyle client. Like the client that I saw the other day. I mean, this person is like from the UK. He is a fashion designer. And, but he just had like his other, he leads in like completely other lifestyles, completely into kink, just. <laughs> crazy outfits. What I mean. kind of kink though? Like, is he just into kind of like basic bondage and maybe some like whipping spanking type stuff? Or is it like more complicated? Way more complicated. And as I was I was saying earlier, um, this is the client that kind of, you know, introduced me to the parties around New York and the kind of the kink scene and parties at Paddle and Bethlehem, I believe it's called. Um, and introduced me to things that I had never even experienced. Like last weekend, I was up on St. Andrew's Cross. I was like, yeah, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I love it. If he just wants to see you in these situations, or does he ever want you to do things to him that you're learning? Um, just wants to see me in, this, in these situations. Um, introduced me to different fetishes like latex and things like that. But he's, Does he buy you a fetish? Does he buy you like latex suits? He does. I have pictures. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I'm so jealous. <laughs> there are so many good latex oh. shops in New York too. There are. Oh my goodness! He oh. bought me this latex dress that is just absolutely amazing. Um, but he's just so interesting because he has all these businesses and is you know very professional. But it's like, wow, you lead a completely different life. But then I have mild clients who are, you know, just kind of you know chill and not as crazy. Yeah. Um. I mean, you have like such a kind of like soft, gentle personality, just having barely met you. Do you kind of end up in a lot of, like, girlfriend experience type situations? I do. I do. How do you kind of handle the emotional labor of that? I just think of it as, you know, um, business, really. Like, okay, you are looking for maybe a therapist, a girlfriend, and you're paying me to kind of play that role. And at the end of the day, like, when I leave you, you know, I just take it off, leave it there. Mm-hmm. Really. <laughs> That's really cool. I, uh, now that I'm, like, I'm, like, looking at you and I'm, like, damn, I, like, kind of want to introduce you to my New York daddy. <laughs> <gasps> that would be amazing. <laughs> I think it would be fun to, like, double with him because he would fucking die for you. Ah, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm always, you know, even if, like, nothing works out, I'm always up for meeting new people. Yeah, totally, totally. And he's a lot of fun. He's definitely, like, one of the wilder people. How do you kind of handle, like, I mean, in New York and kind of in all, like, major cities dealing with, like, business people, there's going to be, like, a lot of drugs and parties, like, based around drugs. Right. How do you navigate, like, your own kind of physical health and, and do you, like, party with clients and stuff like that? That is an excellent question. That's such a good question. Um, in terms of physical health, I am, like, I try to be super healthy. Like, I'm in the gym every day. So Jeez, in terms that's of- impressive. <laughs> So in terms of, you know, the the, the party scene, quote-unquote, um, I will party here and there, but very, very rarely. Um, always just like, no, thank you. Or if I'm feeling comfortable, then I will here and there. But I very much keep it to a minimum. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in an industry where it's like you get offered it so much and you have to have like a kind of firm feeling about it. Like, you know, I will or I won't before you even go into the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you, like, how many hours do you typically work? Oh, I was looking at this question. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, this is such a great question, but unfortunately, it's so difficult to kind of quantify. Mm-hmm. Um, I very rarely look at the hours, but 
most importantly, the amount, like per week, per month. Like, um, oh, for- so you have like a pay per month or pay per week. Thing. Right, right. In oh, terms that of makes that makes sense. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's 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 easier. Um, I will like beforehand. I will look at like each month and kind of um, estimate how much I can work. Like for example, last no, not last month in December last year, I couldn't work that much. I was back home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. So that work month was, you know, in terms of hours and times, kind of messed up. Yeah. No. I mean, I I feel the same way. I took a lot of December off to just be with my family. And also, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be like a business slowdown month. So I kind of like tried to compensate with some of my bigger money clients and stuff, doing like a few days here and there to like bulk my budget. But, ah, smart. But yeah, I just I just knew like it was going to slow down. And also like the club is so seasonal. So it's like mm. you just have to budget for the slow seasons. Got it. Do you ever have, like, slow seasons? Never. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah, it is interesting hearing from other um, sex workers about, you know, seasonal this, seasonal that. But, yeah, never slow season or fast season. Pretty steady. Are most of your clients, like, primarily based in New York? Or do you get a lot of traveling clients? Now that I'm here in New York and I base myself in New York, most of them are based in New York. I have one back home. And because the city is so transient, that's the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely a lot of traveling clients. So maybe like I'll see them maybe like a couple times a year. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's nice. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you studied finances, right? Or ad- was it advertising? Yes, marketing advertising. Marketing advertising. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, like, understand branding pretty well, right? Right. I can imagine. How did that kind of—did that help you with your work in any way? Or did it inform your kind of, like, your idea of how this could work out? It did not, because I started sugaring before I switched my major into marketing. Uh And I'm sitting in class, like, I already know— half of what the teachers are trying to teach me because of escorting, because of, you know, kind of being my own promoter, my own boss, my own advertiser, because of, you know, having the the street experience of looking at someone and reading them and um, kind of getting an idea of what they want. So you kind of mentioned that you had a friend whenever you were coming in. Was she also getting into like sugaring and escorting? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had a friend. Yeah, you, well, I think it was like you said you had uh, the friend who had rented the apartment. I thought you said you had to have a friend like coming up to New York with you or something. Oh, my, my best friend, yes. We used to come up and come up to New York and party. And um, yes, she said that she's tried here and there, dabbled here and there, but not anywhere near to the extent that I have. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. she was kind of, and she kind of like, did she become your wing woman essentially in the foray? No. No. So no. she know you were She knows and you know she's always praying for my safety and supporting me but <laughs> like talking to in those early days when you were figuring it out. Because online can be so intimidating right. and confusing. Like what picture do you post? Right. How do you read those signs? Um I it's just me on my on my own. <laughs> wow, it's so cool that you just like intuitively were able to manage your image and your content and also able to kind of like sift through Mm. proper clients instead of, you know, kind of like wasting your time on bullshit. Right. Thank you. Did you ever have a situation where you were were dealing with somebody with a lot of bullshit? Like where you like went maybe too far, like not like physically, but just like you spend too much time, like you feel like you wasted some time on somebody. I definitely have had those experiences where I've wasted my time on someone, but thankfully not too much time. That's good. Because I always, you know, kind of learned earlier on, it's important to be compensated for my time mm-hmm. first before, you know, squandering it or. Right. You sound like you have a good understanding of your value and your time's value. <gasps> and I think you. that might be why it comes naturally to you. Or do you think, is that something you reflect on a lot, especially in the early days? For sure. For sure. Um, it's, it's really important to have anywhere at a job, um, and, you know, with your friends, with, you know, any relationship. How do you figure out that somebody's serious? Like, what are some good indicators that you use? Communication, for sure. 
if they're communicating with me and not, you know, ghosting me, um, tipping me. How do they tip you typically? Like something like, um, thanks for meeting me, here's a little bit of money. Or even little things like, thanks for meeting me, um, I'll buy you, you know, here's a Metro card or something like that. Something, just just little things to help me out. You know, yeah, yeah. like, here's, exactly, exactly. Here's money for food, little things, like, that are, that are really good clues. How often is it, like, very overt that they're giving you money? And how many guys like to put it as a gift? Or, like, this is, this is for this, or I'm t- treating you for this reason? Um, very overt. Like, if, how often is it, like? Like, how many guys want to give it as, like, the Metro card to take care of you? And how many guys are Or, like, to the, the Louis bag or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, um... It it is often like they you know, because some guys like to feel like you take care of somebody, uh-huh. um, so it is often and it's nice when it happens. Maybe like every other guy or so. Okay, um, what is like an interesting gift that a customer has given you? Oh, that's such a good question. Interesting gift, um, definitely the um, latex dress. That's interesting. Like um, hair treatments, manicure, pedicure. Um, but for me personally, I love the small things. Like like I, like I was saying earlier about the Metro card. One client was like, here's an unlimited. Mm. So for the week, I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's so yeah. practical. Yeah, practical <laughs> things. I exactly. always like lingerie. And oh girls complain they have too much lingerie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not in that boat. I'm not in that boat quite yet. I wish I, I wish I had that problem. That's always awesome because it's the gift that keeps giving. You can take pictures and which right. in yeah, the exactly. lingerie. That's what I expect guys to kind of want. Like they or like if they pay for your manicure, do they want to see pictures? Do they come with you? Um, like my last client who did my hair and manicure, he was very busy, so he was just like, "Here, I'll pay for it all." Um, Go get it done. But I always send pictures just as a little thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, the, it's kind of important to have, like, a gift relationship. And <gasps> that is a good, good, good point. I mean, it's like the mm-hmm. gifts really mean a lot. And then you also have this kind of, like, physical presence in their life, you know? Like something that they can look at and be like, oh, that's Jade. Exactly. That's such a good point. Um, talking about... Let's see if I can pronounce this reciprocity. Yeah, reciprocity. Kind of, yeah, um, I kind of see where some sex sex workers they kind of fuck up and they're just like take take take. And you know you are a sex worker and you know you're right and taking and you're valuable and, and all that. But guys, kind of you know these men they know you know they can kind of feel. Yeah, and I know. think it's also kind of like. If we think about other business relationships, there's that whining and dining aspect, you know, with like big clients Mm -hmm. that you want, you know, like you give a little thing, like, you know, maybe you take somebody out for like a $500 dinner and then in return, they give you a million dollar deal. Oh, (laughs) it's like, you know, it's a gift economy, like even down to you'll take your client out and you'll pay for it, but you know, the client's paying for it because you're going to expense that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all about gestures and. Uh huh. It's like the gesture right. of generosity, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, what was um the last kind of date you had? And do you want to call them dates, or do you like to call them sessions? Like, what's your term that you use? Hmm. Depend. I definitely depends on who I'm talking to. Um, I would. I would never call them sessions in front of a client. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the term date. I like the term date. Okay, that's, it's, I mean, it's that's fun. perfect. That makes yeah. sense. My last one was actually this weekend. I spent the whole weekend at my client's suite. Um, we had a good time. Where was the suite? The Lyric downtown. I don't know if you... Yeah, I know. Okay, nice. So you were at the Lyric, um, and you guys were together for like a whole weekend. Was that like Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I didn't expect it to turn into something, but um, we went to like a kink party on Friday. And then um, that's when he got, you know, the hair done and everything. And he's the latex guy? Yes. Okay, that's, cool. That's fun. So, so what so is much like, fun. what about like the mundane times, like making small talk and stuff? Do you find like it's easy with him? I do, I do. Um, being in this field for so long, conversation um, comes just so natural to me. I often like to joke and tell people, you know, when they ask me, what do you do? Like, oh, I'm a conversationalist because <laughs> that's basically half of it, really. Yeah, definitely. Person. Exactly, exactly. 
is he like an especially emotional client or is it kind of more like just like the high octane experience based type person who just like wants to go and go and go and take you here and take you there and go to this party and do that thing and He started out as the high octane, but once I kind of got to know him and kind of got to really read what he's really looking for, I figured out that he is an emotional client, emotional person, even though he doesn't, you know, like to show it or doesn't like anyone to know. Oh, that's really Mm. cool. Do you find, um, like, do you kind of have a nurturing uh, relationship with him? I do. Do you think that, does he kind of, does he extend, like, compassion and nurturing to you he does oh that's really sweet it is really nice it's a dom sub relationship oh okay so he really likes to play that role i mean that makes so much sense like it's so important to nurture your sub i mean like that is the whole part of dominance right especially kind of nurture are you talking um especially with this kind of dom-sub relationship, a lot of communication because it does deal with our limits and what we want um, in terms of nurturing, like just telling affirmations, just telling each other like, you know, I'm really enjoying this. This is really nice. It's really nice being around you. So like very much in the moment nurturing. Right, exactly. And then also you kind of mentioned that you like paid for your like manicure and pedicure and your hair treatments and stuff like that right right yeah so like that kind of caring too it's really cute it's so nice I'm not used to like you know getting my nails done hairs done so it's different but I like it like it is he like a big like fine diner yes big fine diner (laughs) do you ever kind of feel visible like how do you deal with being like a visible sex worker um how do you mean well, it's just kind of like, um, so I have this experience being like a short, young, brown woman <laughs> going out with a much older, like often white guy, so mm. like sometimes older Asian guy or whatever the person is. And it's just like you're visibly <sighs> with them and people are like, you know, how do you know each other? <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh, we go out the stairs. Exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. Got it, got it. Um, That's a really, really good question. And even before I started sugaring, my my ex, an actual, you know, vanilla relationship was like older guy from France. And I'm so I'm used to kind of the stares, but I just have to, you know, shrug them off. I I remember being on the other end. I remember being out at this fancy restaurant. Um, seeing like a young blonde girl with like an older Asian guy, and I'm like, ah, okay, girl, go ahead, you know, yeah. get it. Like, <laughs> like I'm happy, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm personally like, hell yeah, get that money. Exactly, <laughs> but I, there's only been one rude incident where I was with I guess, a client, and there's this older black lady um, on the street. She looks at us. She like she looks at me, and she goes, you know, like. Who the hell is that? That's your niece, you know, just kind of like shouting these like rude things. And I just snap on her, you know, mind your fucking business, lady. Like, <laughs> I love that you snapped off. on her. <laughs> like, you know, it's like no one, I'm not hurting anybody, you know? So I just kind of shrug it off being. Yeah. yeah. I was like, and at what, like, it's never been her business. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> not at all. This one weird trick will get rid of all of your student loan debt. They don't want you to know the secret but we're here to give it to you. Did you know that you could call Sally Mae and say that you want to physically carry your loan debt for the rest of your life instead of becoming a wage slave? It sounds crazy, but it's true. (laughs) Sally Mae will chisel your debt amount into a giant boulder that you can tie around your waist and wear for the rest of your life instead of worrying how you could possibly pay off $200,000 in student loans when you make less than $2,000 per month in your entry-level position. Debt is inconvenient. A giant boulder strapped to you is a little cumbersome, but much more manageable. We can even negotiate for a giant wheelbarrow to carry the boulder, but you have to call yesterday. We have to come to an end. So where can we find you on social media? You can add me on on Instagram. It's at L-O-U-I-S dot C-Y-F-R. Lewis Cipher. Yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. This is awesome. I mean, I don't usually see a lot of platforms, so 
This is a godsend. Thank you. Oh, this is so great, and I can be happier. Yeah, um, so great meeting you. Nice meeting you guys, too. Thank you. Um, Nikki, you want to plug anything? Me right now? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think about that. Okay. All right. Well, I am Selena the Stripper. You can follow me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can support this project on Patreon um, by making a $5 donation monthly uh, at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. It really helps with the cost of production and everything. Um, if you have questions or comments, um, you can put them in your rating. Please rate this podcast. Give us five stars. Leave a review. It means so much for our visibility. Um, and then if you want to email us, you can email us at hoeinthenow at gmail.com. We also, I always forget to plug this, we have an Instagram page for this, and it is at hoeinthenow on Instagram. So um, yeah, check us out on all platforms. The Ho and the Ono Instagram is mostly about our historical hoes, um, but it's gonna evolve and I'm looking to hire a web guru or just have a volunteer web guru or what was the web maven? There, I, I, there was a great term, uh, web sub. I think web sub is the one. <laughs> I need a web sub, so yeah. Anyway, this has been an episode of How in the Know. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. More money, I want your money. I want more money. 